present Peter Cook as Paul Temple and Marjorie Westbury as Steve in Paul Temple and the Lawrence Affair, a serial by Francis Durbridge. Paul Temple and the Lawrence Affair, Episode 7, Another Suspect. Paul, he's going to do it again. He's coming at us. Keep straight ahead, Dexter. But if I don't swerve, he'll run us down. If you do, you'll turn us over. But there's no... Look out! out! Paul, he kept Steve! Steve, where are you? Steve! Steve! Don't you hear me? work harder in this job, Arthur. We'll never get the nets in. You're not in London now, you know. Oh, the blessed thing seemed to get heavier every night. Ah, didn't the catch, you lazy son of a gun? It's the fact that you're too lazy to... Oh, what you staring at? What's that? Over to starboard. Huh? It's a porpoise. That's no porpoise. Looks to me like a man swimming. Now, I asked you, who'd want to go swimming at this time of night? I'll tell you to man, reach me the oars. Well, what are you going to do? Do as I tell you, reach me the oars. Well, what about the nets? The nets can wait. Oh, two bright, shining oars coming over, chum. Now, slow down, Stan. Steady. Well... Is that your idea of a purpose? Well, where'd he come from? That's what I'd like to know. Over here, mate. Over here. I think I can reach him. Oh, he's whacked his proper gun in. Here we are, mate. Give me your hand. That's it. Hold on. Have you got him? Yes. Oh, but I don't, think, don't know how I'm going to get him into the boat. Yeah, I'll give you a hand. Oh, he's a dead weight. Now, steady. Steady. Oh, we'll never get him up this way. Wait, wait. We'll have to try that. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. He's coming to a bit. That's a chunk. Good man. That's it. Get out of his legs, Stan. Right. Oh, I got him. There. I know this chap, Arthur. His name's Temple. Well, he picked a fine time to go for a swim. I didn't go for a swim, man. Use your head. Look at him. He's funny dressed. Yeah, we'd better get to work on him. He's not too good. Right, you know the drill. Yes, right. Now, turn his head, Stan. Right, that's it. Now then. One, two, three. One, two, three. One. One, two, three. Oh. <coughs> One, two, three. 
He's coming round. Thank heavens for that. I'm just about all in. All right. No, no. Sit him up. That's, that's it. Steve, where's my wife? Where's my wife? Now, take it easy, chum. Take it easy. Wait a minute, Arthur. Mr. Temple, was your wife with you? Yes. What's happened to her? What happened to you? There were three of us. We were in a dinghy hit over Overturned? Who were the other two? My wife and a man called Brian Dexter. What were you doing out in the bay this time of the day? We were going out to a yacht. Steady now, steady, steady. Here, he's just about all in stand. The sooner we get him ashore, the better. Yes. No, you can't go back yet. Got to help me find my wife. Look, it was a slice of luck spotting you in this weather. How do you think we can find your wife? Please don't go back. Not yet. Now, take it easy. We're only doing what's best for you. If we see your wife, we'll pick her up, of course. Yeah, no, no, steady, Arthur. Now, this mist is pretty bad tonight, Mr. Temple. But we'll drift around and, and keep our fingers crossed. Uh, if you want my opinion, we're drifting against the... What is it? I thought I saw something. Someone in the water? No, I thought... Yes. There it is. It's the yacht. Look. By golly, you're right. Isn't that the yacht you were going out to? Yes, that's it. Get closer. Get closer. They may have heard something. Uh, keep your eye on it, Arthur. We can easily lose it. Oh, I've lost it already. No, there she is. Look, keep going. You're all right. Keep going. Hello there. Hello there. They may have left the yacht by now. Done this, Mr. Arthur. Well, where is everybody? Hello there! Anyone aboard? The Silver! Can you hear me? That's no use. We better make for the arbor. Hello there! Where are you? We're over here! Is that you, De Silva? Yes. Who is that? This is Temple! Paul Temple! Stan, get closer. Pull in closer. Get the boat closer. Yes, we had an accident. The dinghy overturned. I know. We picked up your wife about an hour ago. You picked her up? Yes. Is she? She's all right. There's nothing to worry about. Oh, thank heaven. Thank heaven. Everything seems to go dark. I couldn't see anything. I heard you shouting, and I tried to shout back, but I kept swallowing water. Go on, Steve. I caught a glimpse of Dexter. He seemed to be holding on to something. I tried to get across to him. Suddenly, while I was swimming towards him, he disappeared. What do you mean, Steve, he disappeared? Did he go under? I just don't know. Did you see Dexter de Silva? No, we never even caught a glimpse of him. Mm. Go on, Steve. Well, I swam about for a bit, not knowing quite what to do, and... I got panicky and started to shout. That's when I first heard you, Mrs. Temple. I, I was on deck waiting for the dinghy, and suddenly I heard your wife shouting for help. Thank heavens you did. Here's the brandy. Sorry to have been so long. Oh, thank you, Julie. Here you are, Temple. Drink this. Oh, thank you. You can do with it, I'm sure. Oh. Indeed. I've just been giving your friends a whiskey and soda, Mr. Temple. I'm sure the poor souls would have preferred beer, but I'm afraid we haven't any at the moment. Oh, I should imagine they were grateful for anything. They must be just about all in. Oh, they certainly look it. That man, Walters, is quite exhausted. 
wish to heaven there was something we could do about Dexter. But what can we do? The mist doesn't seem to be clearing. Of course, he may have got to shore all right. If he's a good swimmer, it's just possible. But Brian couldn't swim. He, he couldn't swim? Well, hardly. You certainly wouldn't call him a swimmer. Oh, dear, that doesn't sound very hopeful. It certainly doesn't. Mr Temple, this boat that caused the accident, did you see it? Yes, but it's very doubtful if I should recognise it again. The man wore goggles and a sort of wind cheater thing. Do you think he knew what he was doing? <laughs> he knew what he was doing, all right. But it seems incredible. I can hardly imagine anyone doing a thing like that, quite deliberately, in cold blood. Well, he did, Mrs. De Silva. It seems incredible. Temple... You remember several days ago when you came to my consulting room, you asked me questions about my chauffeur, a man called Barker. Yes. I suppose you heard what happened to him. Yes. I helped to identify the body. You did? Yes. But why? When the police searched Barker, they found a wallet on him. In the wallet were several photographs of my wife. Of your wife? You mean Mrs. Temple? I've only got one wife, to Silver. But, but that's extraordinary. Why should Barker carry photographs of your wife? Why, indeed. Was he a friend of yours, Mrs. Temple? No. Then why were you curious about Barker in the first place, Temple? I told you why. My wife was under the impression that she'd seen a friend of ours, well, an acquaintance, actually, sitting in your car at Maidenhead. I didn't think it was our friend. We had a little argument about it, and I decided to find out whether she was right or wrong. And was she right? Yes, she was right, Mrs. DeSilva. Who was this? friend of yours? A man called West, Salty West. Salty West? Yes. Do you know this man, Julie? Oh, I don't know him, but I've heard of him. He's a native of these parts, quite a character, I believe. Was he a friend of Barker's? Oh, well, I wouldn't know, Ernest. I didn't make a habit of mixing with Barker's friends. You know perfectly well what I mean, Julie. Did you ever see them together? No. Did Barker ever come to Downborough? Occasionally, sometimes drove my wife down here. I take it you're rather fond of Downborough, Mrs. De Silva. I'm fond of yachting, Mr. Temple. I find this a convenient centre. I should have thought cows would have been more convenient. I don't happen to like cows. Neither did... Uh, does Brian. Was Dexter an experienced yachtsman? Oh, very. That is why my wife and he were such good friends. Apart from the fact that I can't afford this sort of thing, I... Must confess, I'm not really very keen on it. You loathe it, dear. You're the world's worst sailor. <laughs> Mrs. De Silva, will you forgive me if I ask you one or two rather personal questions? Well, it depends on how personal. Is Sylvia Ross a friend of yours? Sylvia Ross? Yes, she's the daughter of Sir Carlton Ross. Uh, I've never heard of her. She's a friend of Mr. Dexter's. That may well be. I still haven't heard of her. Have you heard of a man called Tico, Johnny Tico? Why, yes. Isn't he something to do to do with the dance band? Yes, he runs the dance band. Is he a friend of yours? Oh, of course he isn't. You've never met him? No. Both Tico and his wife were in Downborough this morning. They had lunch at the hotel. Well? Did they come out to the yacht? Oh, well, of course they didn't. I've told you I've never even met them. I know Mr. and Mrs. Tico. Really? They're patients of mine. Did you know they were in Downborough? No, I didn't. <laughs> There's no reason why I should. Do you know many of the local people, Mrs. De Silva? Not a great many. The shopkeepers, of course. Did you ever meet Bob Gardner? Yes. When was that? Oh, about a week before the accident. Who is Bob Gardner? Oh, he's one of the local fishermen. Or rather, he was. He had an accident on Lighthouse Cliff and was killed. Oh, yes, I seem to remember reading something about it. He had a sister called Mary. That's right, Mary Gardner. 
But you knew Mary Gardner, Julie. She was quite a friend of yours. Oh, hardly a friend. She came out to the yacht once or twice. She was rather handy with a needle and she altered one or two dresses for me. I see. Come in. Uh, excuse me, sir. Oh, come in, Walter. Do you feel better? Uh, yes, yes, much better, thank you, sir. Would you like another whiskey and soda? No, no, thank you. You've been very kind, ma'am. Uh, the, the, the mist seems to be lifting quite a bit, Mr. Temple. I think it might be a good idea if we made a move. Yes, all right. Do you feel up to it, darling? Oh, yes, sir. I'll be all right. Well, you could stay the night if you like, Mrs. Temple. We haven't a lot of room, but I dare say uh, that no, we can make... No, thank you very much. I'd like to get back to the hotel and change, if you don't mind. Oh, yes, of course. And please let us know if there's any news of Dexter. We'll keep our eyes open on the way back, sir. Oi! Oi! Wake up! <laughs> oh! Hello. Good morning. I brought you some breakfast. Mmm. Smells delicious. Lovely toast. I didn't know whether to bring you breakfast or lunch. Why? What time is it? <gasps> Paul, it's not... It is. Quarter past eleven. Oh, why on earth <laughs> didn't you wake me? I can't stay in bed all day. Now, you stay where you are and eat your breakfast. Have you had it off? Yes, hours ago. I had it with Sir Graham. Oh, is he still here? Yes. I thought he'd have gone back to town by now. No, he went out to the yacht to interview the De Silvers. I suppose there's no news of Dexter. No, I'm afraid not. Paul, I feel awfully bad about that. Oh, don't be silly, Steve. It wasn't your fault. What could you have done? What could either of us have done, for that matter? Paul, there's no doubt in your mind about last night, is there? What do you mean? I mean, it was done deliberately. It wasn't just my imagination. No, it wasn't your imagination, Steve. Now, come along. Eat up your breakfast. Yes, yes. What are you going to do this morning? I'm going to get the car, and then I'm going down into the village. I want to see if I can find a girl called Mary Chepstow. Mary... Chepstow? Yes. Remember, I mentioned her to you last night. Uh, oh, yes. She, she was engaged to Andy Cross, the boy who committed suicide. That's right. Why do you want to see her? Well, I really don't know why. Oh, darling. Well, yes. I, I have a funny sort of feeling about Mary Chepstow. Call it a hunch, if you like. <laughs> now, you leave the hunches to me. They're my speciality. <laughs> yes, but you haven't had one for ages. As a matter of fact, I had a kind of one last night. Last night? Yes. Well, I suppose it wasn't exactly a hunch. Well? I overheard Mrs. De Silva say something. She was talking to her husband. It was just after they'd picked me out of the water. Go on, darling. I was lying down in the cabin. De Silva was getting me a hot drink, and Mrs. De Silva was rushing around for blankets and hot water bottles. Mm -hmm. and when they came back into the cabin, I had my eyes closed. It must have looked as if I'd fallen asleep. And suddenly I heard Mrs. De Silva say, Brownlee isn't going to like this, Ernest. My husband gave a little laugh and he said, it's a matter of complete indifference to me what your friend Brownlee likes. Is that all? Yes. You don't know what they were referring to? Oh, no, I don't. You call that a hunch? Well, it struck me that this man Brownlee, whoever he was, it, well, he must be a pretty important person. Well, why should you think that? Simply because of what you overheard? Well, no, it wasn't so much what Mrs. De Silva said as, as the way she said it. Hmm. Brownlee. Hmm. You're sure you got the name right? think so. Oh, no. Well, I'll have a word with Sir Graham about it and see if he knows it. Oh, this may be him. Yeah. Right. Oh, good morning, Inspector. Good morning, sir. It's Inspector Ivor, Steve. Oh. Oh, well, that's all right. Come in, Inspector. Oh. Oh, good morning, Mrs. Temple. <laughs> I'm not usually in bed at this hour of the day. <laughs> well, if I'd been through what you went through, Mrs. Temple, 
I should spend the rest of the week in bed. <laughs> so should I. Uh, Sir Graham asked me to drop in on you, sir. He told me to tell you that he'd see you here for lunch. Oh, I see. Thank you, Inspector. Did Sir Graham go out to the yacht? Yes, yes, we both did. Oh, you'll be pleased to hear Mr. Dexter is quite safe, sir. Quite safe? You uh, mean One of he... the fishing fleet picked him up late last night and took him to Melstow Cove. Oh, I'm very glad. Have you seen him? Yes, yes, I saw him this morning. He came out to the yacht while Sir Graham and I were there. He was very relieved to hear that you and Mrs. Temple were all right, sir. How did he look? Mm, not too good. From what he told us, I gather it was pretty nearly touch and go. Mm, I bet yes. it was. We're uh, making inquiries about that speedboat that was responsible for the accident. As soon as I hear anything, I'll let you know. Good. Thank you, Inspector. Yes, well, I, I'd best be making a move. Oh, by the way, mm. does the name Brownlee mean anything to you? Uh, Brownlee? Yes. No, no. Why do you ask? My wife overheard someone mention the name, and oh, she thought... you, uh, you don't mean Townley, sir. That's it? Oh, I'm sorry, Paul, I got it wrong. Townley? Yes, yes, we... Oh, we had a memo through from Sir Graham about, what, 18 months ago. He asked us to be on the lookout for a man called Townley. Roger Townley. Apparently the Dutch authorities wanted him for some charge or other. Why contact you? Well, there was a rumour that he'd landed here. Here? Well, don't forget that we're opposite the Dutch coast, sir. Oh, I see, of course. Uh, who mentioned this name, Mrs. Temple? Mrs. De Silva. When? Last night. But I don't want you to say anything about it, Inspector. <laughs> yes, all right, Mr. Temple. Inspector, you remember about 12 months ago a young man called Andy Cross committed suicide? Yes. I believe he was friendly with a girl called Mary Chepstow. That's right. Have you any idea where I can find Miss Chepstow? Well, she works for her father. He's an ironmonger's shop on the corner next Mrs. Purdy's. Ah, thank you. Why are you interested in Miss Chepstow? Oh, someone told me about Andy Cross and I thought I'd like to have a word with her. Well, it's over a year since the boy committed suicide and... Oh, and incidentally, it was suicide. There was no doubt about it. I don't doubt it, Inspector. Then what do you doubt, sir? I don't know that I doubt anything. I just want to have a chat with Miss Chepstow. Oh. Oh. <laughs> All right, sir. Yes, well, let me know if I can be of any help. I will indeed. Goodbye, Mrs. Temple. Take care of yourself. Goodbye, Inspector. Oh. Why do you really want to see this girl? I told you, Steve. It's just a hunch. Good morning, sir. Good morning. Uh, Mr. Chepster? Aye. My name's Temple, Paul Temple. Perhaps you've heard of me. I'm a friend of Inspector Ivor's. Oh, of course I've heard of you, Mr. Temple. Uh, what can I do for you, sir? I'd like to have a word with your daughter, Mr. Chepster. I'm afraid that isn't possible, sir. Oh, why not? She's uh, gone up to London. She left last night on the 6.15. Oh, I see. Uh, uh, is she staying in London? Aye, so far as I know. Well, I'm returning to London myself today. Perhaps you could give me her address. Uh, I could, but... Uh, what is it you want, exactly? Perhaps I could help you. I rather doubt it, Mr. Chepster. If it concerns my daughter, it concerns me. Your daughter was engaged to a boy called Andy Cross. That's right. He committed suicide. Mm. Ah, he did. Why? Don't you know why, Mr. Temple? If I knew, I shouldn't ask you. It all come out at the inquest, and it's been common enough gossip ever since. Yes, but I still... He had a tiff with Mary and got despondent. I see. But this is old stuff. 
Mr. Temple, why are you interested in what happened to Andy after all this time? I'm interested in the motive. What motive? Andy's motive. The reason why he committed suicide. I've told you the reason. You told me that he had a row with your daughter and got despondent, but that doesn't sound a very strong motive to me. It was good enough for the coroner. Was it good enough for you, Mr. Chepstow? No. No, it wasn't. And it wasn't good enough for Mary neither. I see. Tell me... What sort of boy was Andy Cross? Uh, Good-looking chap, clever with his hands. Was he moody, highly strung? I shouldn't have said so. Hmm. I understand he worked at a garage. Uh, Part of the time. Part of the time? Look, Mr Temple, don't think me rude, but take my advice and let sleeping dogs lie. Mary was very upset when Andy died. Very upset. As a matter of fact, she's never properly got over it. I've no wish to upset your daughter further. Well, you will upset her if you ask her a lot of questions about Andy. Now, just let the poor lass forget all about it. She had a bad enough time when it happened. My goodness, if it hadn't been for that hobby of hers, she'd have had a nervous breakdown and no mistake. Hobby? Yes, I don't mind telling you. Her mother and I used to laugh at that crooning of hers, but it's been a godsend during the past 12 months. An absolute godsend. Crooning, Mr. Chepstow... You mean she sings with a band? Yeah, with one of the local bands. Really? Uh, Just an amateur outfit, of course, but she's mad on it. Her mother and I have never taken her seriously, but this chap from London seems to think she's very good. Which chap from London? Uh, He came down yesterday. Most impressed he was. He's offered her a job. What was the man's name? Tico? Why, yes. That's right. Johnny Tico. Uh, no, thank you, Steve. You were telling us about this man, um, Roger Townley. Well, uh, we first heard of Townley about two years ago. The researcher, that's the Dutch police, Steve, mm-hmm. uh, warned us to be on the lookout for him. Apparently, Townley had been running a diamond smuggling organisation in Amsterdam. Things got too hot for him and he decided to try his luck in this country. And did he? Well, there's certainly been a great deal more smuggling just recently and there's no doubt it's been carefully organised. On the other hand, we've no real proof that Townley's behind it. Have you ever seen Townley? No, but we've a very good description of him. You say there's been more smuggling just recently, Sir Graham? Yes, there has. Of diamonds? Diamonds and drugs. Particularly drugs, Steve. Is that why you came to Downborough, Sir Graham? I came to see you, Temple, to tell you about Sylvia Ross. Mm. Was that your only reason? Well... Look, look, Sir Graham. Shall we put our cards on the table? Cards on the table? Didn't you come down here to make inquiries about Mary Gardner? Why should I do that? Because at the back of your mind, you've a shrewd suspicion that Mary Gardner was mixed up in this smuggling business, hmm? Am I right? Yes. Ah. I think she must have been, Temple. And probably Salty West, too. But that still doesn't explain how Sylvia Ross fits into the picture. Perhaps she doesn't. Well, if she doesn't, is it just a coincidence that she's a friend of Brian Dexter's? Is it a coincidence that the note she sent to Johnny Tico contained a reference to a Mr Lawrence? Ah, yes, but don't forget, according to Salty West, there's no such person as Lawrence. That's not what Bob Gardner thought. In fact, he referred to Lawrence in that letter he sent to you. Yes, that's true, Sir Graham. Temple, tell me, why did you want to see this other girl, Mary Chepstow? Mary Chepstow doesn't believe Andy Cross committed suicide simply because they had a row. 
I don't believe it either. I think there was another reason. I want to find out what that reason was. You think Mary Chepstone knows the reason? I think she suspects it. In my opinion, that's why Tico came down here and arranged for her to go back to London. You mean he's whisked her off simply to stop her talking? Mm -hmm. That's my opinion, Steve. Of course, I may be wrong. But the fact that she's in London won't stop her talking. Miss Chepstow rather fancies herself as a crooner. Tico's going to play that up for all he's worth. Isn't it obvious, therefore, that... Hello. Here's Inspector Ivor. Hello, Inspector. Oh, good afternoon, Sir Graham. I'm sorry to disturb you, sir. That's all right. I I wanted to have a word with you, sir, because... uh, Well... Yes, Inspector? Well, it rather looks as if there's been a new development, sir. How do you mean? Well, you know the sea wall, sir, that runs between here and Felixstowe? I've seen it, of course. Well, then you'll know it's a large, wide, concrete wall above sea level. And about every half mile or so, there's a bend in the wall. And on each bend, uh, well, a cavity, a, a kind of artificial cave. Well? Well, early this morning, a local tradesman found the body of a man in one of these caves. The man had been murdered, and the body had obviously been dumped there. You sure it wasn't washed up by the tide? Oh, yes, we're quite sure, sir. Go on, Inspector. Well, I went out to examine the body with Sergeant Moore and the local police doctor. What was the cause of death? According to the doctor, death was caused by strangulation. Anyway, I I followed the usual routine and searched both the cavity and the surrounding area. A few yards from the body, actually on the seawall itself, I I found this, sir. What is it? Looks like a watch chain. Yes, but it isn't. It's a bracelet. How do you know it's a bracelet, Mr. Temple? Have you seen it before? Yes. Where? I've seen it before, too. De Silva wears a bracelet like that, exactly like it. De Silva? Yes. But surely... Steve's quite right, Sir Graham. De Silva does wear a bracelet like that. Inspector, did anyone identify this man? Yes, sir, I did. You did? Yes, sir. I identified him from your description. His name's Roger Townley. That was the seventh episode of the Francis Durbridge serial, Paul Temple and the Lawrence Affair, with Peter Cook as Paul Temple and Marjorie Westbury as Steve. Listen to the next episode of Martin C. Webster's production of Paul Temple and the Lawrence Affair. Return to London. <laughs>